Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Check, check, check. Check, 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 check. How we doing? Oh, God, would you let it work? Okay, my name is Jean Carlos. I use he and pronouns. I am so excited to be with you today. I came back from Ecuador and had a blast, and now I'm here. And you know what? After a while, you miss home, and I missed you. It's so beautiful to see each of your faces and to be able to share community with you. So we are in a series called, you got to prepare yourself, okay? Practicing a powerful, yes. Yes, we are practicing a powerful and we've been talking about what it looks like to look at the things in our life keep the things that spark joy and get rid of everything that doesn't right we've been looking at what it means uh, and and we, we we have been going through kind of this challenge of like holding every object asking ourselves that critical question if it if it sparks joy keeping it if it doesn't thinking it and sending it on its way. I hope that you've been participating and thinking about how this message can impact your life. But today we're doing something a little bit different, okay? We've been talking about physical items, and now we're going to talk about digital items. We've been talking about the physical. We're going to go to the digital. Now, the reality is that I, I have a relationship with my laundry machine. I have a relationship with my bed. But the relationship I have with my devices, with my apps, with my screens um, is totally different. Actually, I would say that our digital relationships uh, can have some of the largest impact on our lives. Um, And the title of my message is The Spiritual Question of Screen Time. The Spiritual Question of of screen time because I want you to understand that screen time is not actually a technological question or a social question it's actually a spiritual question and to get started I want us to start with just some very basic spiritual truths and then build from there the first of which is that you're holy like you're sacred you're a gift right the next truth is that Your life is holy. Your life is sacred. Your life is spiritual. Your life is a gift. And then the third truth is that your life is actually the sum of everything you give your attention to. Your life is the sum of everything you give your attention to. The experience of being a human on this earth in some way, is just a series of all the things that you give your attention to, which then means that your attention is holy. Your attention is sacred. Your attention is a gift worth giving. And so as we get started, um, I, uh, as I was headed off to Ecuador after a really busy season at work and life, um, I experienced a quote that honestly just changed my life. It was a quote that I heard that 
changed how I saw myself, how I saw my time, how I saw my energies and my attention. Uh, before this quote, there are things I thought were normal. After this quote, there are things that I, uh, I couldn't accept any longer in my life. Before this quote, there were things I thought were commonplace and understandable and harmless. And then after this quote, I had to do some serious thinking about how I was going to live my life here in Minnesota and how I was going to live my life in my time in Ecuador. And so I want to read this quote to you. And I, I, I just, I want you to receive it. I want you to maybe open your hands before you and just, just get ready to receive something that has the power to transform your life. This is a quote by Thomas Merton in the 60s. He was a Catholic monk. This is a quote. The rush and pressure of modern life. The rush and pressure of modern life. The rush and pressure of modern life are a form, perhaps the most common form of an innate violence. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns. To surrender to too many demands. To commit oneself to too many projects. To want to help everyone in everything. Is to succumb to violence. The frenzy of our activism neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work. Because it kills the root of inner wisdom because it kills the root of inner wisdom, because it kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. And so I, I read this quote and I realized that my whole life was that frenzy and that in some ways my life was characterized by violence to my attention and to my well-being, which brings me to apps. Which brings me to devices and screens. Now, before we get started, I just want to be clear. I am, I love technology. I love me technology. This is an Apple Watch. That is an iPhone. That is an iPad. Like, uh, that is a Mac. Like, I am surrounded by technology. If you go into our home, if you say, Alexa, welcome, the living room and the kitchen will light up. If you go into our bedroom and say, Alexa, beautiful, the, the bedroom lamps will turn to 50% warm white, right? Like, I love me technology. I, if, I have six AirTags. Do you know what I'm talking about? Six of them. I know where my water bottle is right now. And if I asked my phone, it would give me the address over Siri. That's how much I love technology. So that's number one. Number two, everything I'm about to talk to you about, I have done terribly wrong. This isn't about judgment. This is about liberation. Amen? This isn't about feeling bad about how you relate to your devices. The spiritual question before us is, how will we relate to our screens and our apps and our devices in a way that will set us free instead of a way that will lead to oppression and violence, right? The, the question before us is like, we, we have to ask ourselves, how much we use our devices and we have to ask ourselves how much our devices use us. And so I just want to walk you through a day of me relating to technology badly, okay? We're going to start with that. So um, this doesn't happen in a single day, but I'm just putting it all together for narrative sake. So I wake up, right? I have to wake up at 7 a.m. so that I can go to whatever I'm doing at 8 a.m., okay? 
So I wake up at 7 a.m., my phone rings, and the first thing I look up is my phone. I hit snooze because I don't want to wake up, and at 7.09, the alarm rings again. And then I want to like jolt myself up, but I, I don't have much energy, and I don't have much focus. So I decide that the thing that's going to give me energy and focus is 15 minutes of TikTok. Now, I don't know if you use TikTok. In the future, I think we should be done with meeting people. We should just get 10 minutes of their For You page. We'll know everything we need to know. That's all we need. No job interviews. Just hand me over your For You page. We have it. We got it. So just to give you a little insight, my For You page. First is like a video on ChatGPT AI, right? Like it's, it's like really exciting. It's going to change the world. The next video is like a... Um, it's like a funny, sarcastic song about how bad capitalism is. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like jazzy, but it's like really pessimistic. Like the world is bad. The next one is a hot man. Do you know what I mean? Now, there's two kind of hot man videos. One is shirtless. I'm not, that's, I'm more sophisticated than that. My videos, shirt is on, but at the very key moment of the song, like the end of the video, shirt off. You know, like it's, it's more sophisticated than just, you know, a thirst trap. You know, that's not who I am. So then the next video is like three cats or dogs doing something funny. Now, I do 15 minutes of that to give myself focus and clarity, you know. And so after that 15 minutes of that focus and clarity, I move on to something a little bit, a different type of app which is the news app, right? And the news app, as I open it, it's, imagine like billions of dollars, the, the biggest media companies, a team of journalists and editors and reporters, and of course, a really great algorithm, deciding what the top 10 most alarming, uh, distressing things to read would be. And then I read those things. And you know, for some reason, I feel distressed and I feel alarmed, right? And I keep reading that and reading that and then you know, someone's doing something terrible in Washington, something horrific happened in a different state, something bad is happening in the world, and I'm starting to feel different things. And I'm still in bed, it's now 7.35, I have to go to work at eight, right? So then I finally get up, right? I finally get up and I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, I go to the shower. And now a new type of app is introduced. This type of app is worse than the other two. And for to be honest with you, this type of app is not even considered an app by most of you. And it's actually not even considered screen time by many of us. But this, I'm, what I'm talking about is work apps, right? At 7.43, while I'm getting out of the shower, my phone alerts me that someone emailed me from work, right? And maybe it's my boss, maybe it's the president, maybe it's an intern, maybe it's someone letting me know about something that's going to affect my day. And now I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm thinking about this thing I gotta solve at work and this problem I gotta do. And now it's 7.50. Do I have time for breakfast? No. Do I have time to read my Bible or meditate or pray or ground myself? No. So I get in my car and I go, and then before I even start my day, my life is noise. Before I even start my day, my life is a haze. And how could I not feel lost? How could I not feel, how could I not lose myself? Like you, 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 you stop knowing where you begin and where you end after all of that and then I go to work and the work is just more work apps so teams and zoom and uh, outlook and asana and I do that and then inevitably I get tired and as I get tired I, uh, I want to take a break and I've been looking at my laptop screen all day long and I take a break I get some relief by looking at my phone screen for 15 minutes 
And as I look at my phone screen for 15 minutes, I do TikTok and news. And somehow, at the end of that 15-minute break, I am more tired than I was when I started the 15-minute break. And then I returned. I'm tired of my phone screen. I return to my laptop screen where I can finally find relief. And then I do that. And at the end of the day, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I feel lost. I don't know what's important. And sometimes I don't know who I am or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. And I finally get home. I finally get to rest. I finally get to stop. I, I, I'm so tired of laptop screens and phone screens that I finally can rest with a TV screen. And so I set up my TV screen and I begin streaming, right? And first I go to Netflix, but there's nothing on Netflix. I don't know if you know this, there are only three shows on Netflix. And so I have to go to Disney Plus. And so then I go to Disney Plus and there's never anything on Disney Plus except like our Marvel show that just came out a month ago. Anyway, so then there's nothing on Disney Plus. So then you got to go to HBO Max. And did you know today at 8 p.m. The Last of Us is streaming at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central. Anyway, so the point of that is that there's nothing on HBO Max except on Sundays at 8. And then I go back to Netflix and I watch Ginny and Georgia. And then after all that TV I'm so tired of TV. So then I go to our bedroom and Fabo watches Instagram Reels and I watch TikTok next to each other. And you can hear the sound of my videos and the sound of his videos at the same time. Fantastic. And then I finally get some rest. But we're not done there because I am married. But if I was single, what would be about to begin is two hours of dating apps, right? Like, do you remember? I don't know if you're single, but like two hours of like swiping and two hours of going through Grindr and trying to match with people and connect with people and two hours of trying to make connections and then it's midnight and you feel so disconnected and then you go to bed and you do it all over again. How could you not feel lost? How could you not feel disconnected? How could you not lose your sense of self there's a famous quote from a book called Essentialism. It says that either you will decide what is important to you or someone else will. Either you will decide what is important to you or someone else will. My job will happily decide what is important to me. Netflix and HBO Max and Disney will decide what's important for me. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok will decide what's important for me. Outlook, Teams, and Zoom will decide what's important to me. I can lose myself. And we can lose ourselves. Um, I, uh, I went to Ecuador, and we had some amazing food. We had ceviche and encebollados on the coast. We had lomo fino and seco de pollo and churrascos in the mainland. But every now and then, I needed uh, some Papa John's. And so um, I had to order Papa John's, right? Because, fun fact, there are things that are trash here that are really good there papa john's may be trash everywhere but if you if you go to kfc here it's not great but if you go to kfc there it is amazing amazing anyway so i was ordering some papa john's and normally we do pick up we just order it and we go pick it up but this time i had to do something different i had to order delivery now for whatever reason i didn't know what the word for delivery was and the word that they use in Ecuador for delivery is not a word I've ever heard in my life. And that word, I'm going to teach you a word, is domicilio. Okay? We're going to say it together. Domi? Domicilio. 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 Great. Fantastic. 
learn that. It will help you. Um, here's the problem. I did not order domicilio. I ordered homicidio. And that difference is really critical. It's so critical. It's so, it's so important. It sounds so different. It's almost, it's almost like a letter or two different, but it's very different because domicilio is delivery. Homicidio is homicide. I had ordered a homicide to my specific address. Now, here's the thing. That's what I said. Now, uh, which prompted the person on the phone and my husband and his brother to laugh. And then I was informed that to order a homicide at our address, it would cost a little bit more money than the delivery that I was ordering. Why do I tell you the story? I tell you the story because it's actually really simple and easy and common to confuse domicilio with homicidio. It's actually really easy to confuse something that will deliver something to you and something that will slowly and surely kill you. There are things in your life that you got because you wanted a function or a value. There was a purpose. It was going to contribute something. It was going to deliver something to you. And it has not. And it is not. And it will not deliver that to you. Instead, it will slowly and surely kill you. And when we look at the apps and devices and screen time that we have and we ask what sparks joy, we have to have the wisdom, the inner wisdom to know what is bringing us life and what is not bringing us life. But what's interesting is that the opposite is also true, that there are some things that you think will kill you that will actually deliver something much, much greater. I believe that the universal thing that we hate, the universal enemy of modern life, is boredom. It's boredom. We hate boredom. We will do anything to avoid boredom. We will, we, I mean, we would rather be electrocuted than be bored. And that sounds extreme, but they actually did a study, because of course, where they put people in a room for 15 minutes. They didn't have to do anything, but there was a button that if they pressed would shock them would electrocute them. Like 98% of the people before they knew about the scenario were told that they would pay money to not be electrocuted. And then they're put into the scenario and how many people do you think would rather shock themselves than spend 15 minutes alone with their own thoughts? It's actually interesting and it's somehow gendered. 67% of men press the button. Only 25% of women press the button. <laughs> 67% of men would rather be electrocuted than be bored. What does that say? That is, that's condemning. That's condemning, guys. Uh, we would rather be electrocuted than bored. And we can lose ourselves. We can lose ourselves in, in our social media, in our news, in our work apps, in our streaming, in our dating. We can lose ourselves on these screens. Um, but that's not, what, that's not where the life is. That's not where the joy is. That's not where the peace is. And, and today what I, I want to submit to you today is that what we need for the noise and the haze, what we need for the, the lostness is, is we need wilderness. We need wilderness. Um, because if you remember anything from this message, remember this. We can find God best 
in the wilderness. We can find God best in the wilderness. Now, a corollary to this is that it sounds like a different point, but it's actually the same point. We can find ourselves best in the wilderness. We can find ourselves best in the wilderness because when we find God, we find ourselves, and when we find ourselves, we find God. They're, 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 actually, not, they're actually not different. Um, and so I want to talk to you about wilderness. And obviously, this message is not a, your life has problems. What if you go to Ecuador? That's not, that's not the solution I'm, I'm offering today. Please do go to Ecuador. It's beautiful and amazing, and the people are incredible. But wilderness is not something that can only be found in Ecuador. What I'm defining as wilderness, and using this as a metaphor, wilderness are spaces without the noise and the haze of humans. Let me say that again. Wilderness are spaces without the haze and the noise of other humans. And so now we're going to look at we're going to look at the scripture, which is from the book of First Kings, and it's a story about Elijah. Let me get to it. And what's really interesting and powerful about the story is that there's actually lots of emotions here. There's lots of emotions. And it starts out by saying, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. There's something, some things that you can only hear without the noise and the haze of the city, without the news and the notifications, without the sounds and the lights, without the pulls and the pressures and the demands and the responsibilities. And he's honest with God. And he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to keep going anymore. He's tired. Now for context, what we know is that in the life of Elijah, he's been experiencing a lot of noise, a lot of conflict. And actually, uh, a lot of violence. If you go to the previous chapter, people doing bad things, him doing bad things, there's a lot of noise and haze in his life. Um, and not only was there a lot of noise and haze, but there's a lot of people saying things, right? People, uh, specifically, uh, someone wanted to kill him, um, which I guess translates to someone wanting to cancel him on social media. Just kidding. Um, but like, there was all these people saying things about him, all these people saying things about God, and he was lost in the noise and the haze. Um, and he comes to a place where he, where he, he doesn't want to keep going. He, 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 he loses himself in some ways. And what, what proceeds is actually really, really practical and not, in, it sounds like it's not spiritual. Um, you have like an angel saying, hey, arise and eat. And the next couple verses, which aren't shared because it's, it's a long passage, um, we're just about him eating. <laughs> and drinking and sleeping. Because sometimes what we need from the chaos and the overwhelm is just to stop and take care of our physical needs. Sometimes we can't even hear our own physical needs because of the noise and the haze. And it's when we go to the wilderness that we realize we've been hungry for days. We've been tired and sleepy for days. We've been thirsty for a long time. And he starts to meet those needs. And then he goes to a cave and God, God asks them, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love that the infinite God who knows everything loves to ask questions. In some ways, I feel attacked by that, <laughs> dragged by that. You know, it's, it's kind of like, God, why was God was like, where are you, Adam? 
he knew where Adam was. He had an air tag up his. Anyway, the point of the thing is that he knew the answer to all of those questions. And yet, in the wilderness, sometimes we hear the whisper of God say, uh, What are you doing, Sean? Where are you going? Why, why, why are you living this way? Questions that in some way were always there, but we could only hear them. We could only hear them in the wilderness. And so then this is his response. I have been very jealous. By the way, as I go into this, I want to make this empathetic, but to be clear, the things that cause us despair and the things that cause us exhaustion um, are really important and valid. Um, and so uh, we want to look at this, this story and get some patterns from it, but just know that whatever you're going through, it's real. It's affecting you, and because it's affecting you, it's real. But he says, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword, and I, even only I, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, I don't... There, can you hear what's going on here? Like, a translation is, I'm doing everything right and everyone else is doing everything wrong. Right? Have you ever felt that way? Have you gone through so much noise and so much haze that all you have to say is, I'm good, everything and everyone else is bad. That's what he's feeling. And that's real. But it's not reality. You see? It's, it's, it's a real felt experience of him, but it's actually not reality. What we will discover later on this passage, if you kept re reading, is that he said that he was alone. And God would later inform him, you're not alone. Not only are you not alone because God is with you, that's important, but you're actually literally not alone. There aren't seven more people or 70 more people that are with you and supporting you. There's actually 7,000 people in all the country that are actually on your side, on our side. You're not alone. He thought he was alone. That, that was a real felt experience for him, but it wasn't reality. And so God invites him, invites him into the wilderness so that he can ask some really important question and yet some really basic questions. What are you doing? Where are you going? It's in the wilderness that we can find God. It's in the wilderness that we can find ourselves. And so how do we create wilderness in our lives? How do we create spaces where the noise and the haze of other humans doesn't affect us, doesn't impact us? And so I, I want to give you some tips um, about how I use social media. So after reading that quote about the violence of being pulled in so many directions, um, I, 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 I applied a couple of things in my life. The first thing that I applied was, and this is for me, you're going to have to create your own rules, your own limits, your own boundaries. Um, no content before 5 p.m. No content before 5 p.m. So I would use content. I would use content in a way that was um, medicating. And I would use content in a way that was starting my day and grounding it. And now I have no content before 5 p.m. And it's given me freedom and space to read and enjoy and work and be bored. At the end of boredom is curiosity. At the end of boredom is creativity. Some of you are not being creative because you're consuming so much content that it's not allowing that urge to be creative to come out, right? That's how I applied this in my daily life. On a weekly life, I practice Sabbath. I create wilderness on a specific day of the week, and I stop 
There are no more no work notifications. And I'm proud to say that when I was in Ecuador, I saw zero emails. Amen? There are times that we have gone on vacation and we have been worried about things we cannot affect, cannot control, and that ultimately distract us from the life that we're supposed to be experiencing. And then on a large scale, we talked about daily and weekly, I think you need times to like disconnect. And again, we all have different incomes. We all have different documentation status. For a long time, Fabo and I couldn't get on a plane, right? But vacations and travel is not the point and spending a lot of money is not the point but you need moments where you get in a car and you drive somewhere else you need moments where you get away from your home and your space and if that's to Stillwater, amazing if that's to florida amazing whatever it is we need moments to connect with nature fabo has been in minnesota for six years and he has seen more places in minnesota than most minnesotans it's not about money or income. It's about taking time to get into the wilderness so you can hear yourself and you can hear God. And the invitation for you, we've been doing this with objects, is to go through your apps. Which of them sparks joy? Which of them don't? 50% of your apps you've never even opened in the last six months. And most of your apps are not actually creating the kind of joy in life that you want. Do that also with notifications. Which notifications are sparking joy? When, you know, when humans reach out to me, joy. When Netflix tells me there's a new show, honestly, not joy for me. I don't want to talk to robots. I don't want notifications from robots. I want humans, and I also want humans at the right time. I don't want an email from my boss on the weekend. But also, I need to be able to focus on work sometimes. So I don't want texts from friends, um, like popping up on my sharing my screen thing, you know, which is super awkward, by the way. So I, I hit do not disturb. You want notifications from humans, not robots, and you want notifications from humans at the right time. So I'll close with this. Uh, he ends the story by taking him out and showing him three things. There was this wind that broke through the mountain, but God wasn't there. There was this earthquake you think God was there, but God, God wasn't there. And there was this fire, but God wasn't there. God was in a whisper. And we really like the fire. We want God to be in the fire. We want life to be in the fire. We want the bright and the shiny. But that's not where the life is. And we love the earthquake. We like the movement and the action. And we love the news apps and knowing what's going on in the world and doing things and the work apps to create. But God is not in the earthquake. And we, we love the wind, we love the change and the flow and the energy, but God was not in the wind. God was in a whisper. And if you would create wilderness in your life, if you would find wilderness in your life, then you could hear the whisper of God. And you know what that whisper says? That whisper says, you've always been enough. That whisper says, the thing you think is urgent is not actually urgent. That whisper says, I love you without you having to get that promotion, buy that house, get that summer body. I love you right now. When you begin to create wilderness in your life, you hear the whisper of God. And the whisper of God changes everything. May we be a people that understand that we can find God best in the wilderness. Thank you.